Hello, welcome back to the podcast. I'm here today with Dan. Dan is the editor of this podcast, the podcast's podcast, and we're going to be talking about his specialty, about the post-production element of a podcast. Um, this is almost a part two of the episode we've done, well, I'm assuming it's last week, but an episode we've previously done, which was basically how to make your podcast sound good. We talked about everything you can do before recording and when recording. Now we're going to talk about what you need to do once you finish recording. So Dan, I've clicked stop. What's the next step? Send it to me and I'll make it sound magic. <laughs> Great. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening to the podcast. <laughs> no, right. That, seriously. That, what's no. the next step? Um, so obviously, once you've got your files, okay, first thing, if you're listening back to them, which I always recommend because you don't want to send them to whoever's editing it, whether it be an agency like us, whether it be a friend or family, or whether it be yourself, you don't want to get to that editing process and then find mistakes there. So listen back and you're listening for certain things. Like we talked about in the previous episode, environmental factors. Does it sound too echoey? Are you getting plosive sounds? That's why test recordings are so important as well. Cause you don't want to do an hour and a half long episode. If that's your podcast and they'd be like, Oh, that sounded shit. <laughs> you need, you want to, if it's something wrong, you want to discover that within the first 30 seconds. Exactly. Yeah. Like we, we, we always preach with test recordings, do test recordings before you record the content for your episode, because then it goes back again to what we said in the last episode on, if you can record in a consistent environment, technically every one of those recordings will be as good quality as the test recording that you're already happy with. So you're going to get that consistent quality throughout but if you're not in the position where you can leave a system set up like this here or something like that you need to be listening back you need to be listening for those plosive sounds uh, the the environmental factors the amount of times i get somebody and they've left their phone on do you know what i mean and they'll get a message or i'm you- actually bad for doing that i, I i've turned it on <laughs> silent today but i've had a few times where you hear a ding in the background I'm like, ah, whoops. or pe- people put their phone on silent but then they'll put it on the desk where they're recording and they'll get a notification it vibrates <laughs> yeah. and you can still hear that through the microphone because it's mm. vibrating a table that the microphone might be mounted to um also something that people always forget about is checking their levels so you should do it before you record, but if you're listening back and your voice sounds too distorted, your gain controls on your microphone are too high. And the problem is once you've recorded with that distortion, you're not going to get rid of it. You've peaked it already. So that distortion is sort of hard written into the audio file so you can you can find wonderful magical mythical ways of trying to reduce it and things like that but you run the risk of degrading the quality of those recordings by processing it through this that and the other so there that's the first step listen back to what you've recorded because you need good quality to send to your editors before you even try and attempt anything else um, because if you if you don't do that, you're you, not going to be very happy. <laughs> yeah, you, you're wasting your own time because you're going to get an edit back through from your editor and you're going to listen to it and go, oh my God, that sounds awful. And all your editor can do is go, I know, that's what you sent me. I've, and a lot of the times the editor's probably warned you beforehand, oh, this keeps happening, this keeps happening. Next episode, can you change this? And if you don't change it, nothing's going to change. It, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. It's, it's that, it's that old, old sort of premise really. Um, 
But yeah, you're listening to those uh, files, looking for everything that we covered in the last episode to make sure it's not there. Yeah, absolutely. Now, say you're the person editing it yourself. Come into the post-production stage now. You've sat down. You're going to edit your episode. What things are do you see? Well, I guess we don't see it much because we do the editing for most people we work with. But what are common mistakes you hear when listening to other podcasts? What are things that maybe too much production or not enough production? Where's the sweet spot? So little things that will make your post-production process easier are things like claps. If you're if you're recording and you're going wrong, okay, stop, clap, and it will put a marker on the audio track, okay? Your editor can then see that and realise that is a mistake. What I don't like people doing is they will talk and they'll then they will make a mistake and instead of stopping and then re re uh, sort of rethinking what they're going to say, then saying it, they'll try and say it again. And what that does is they end up almost talking over themselves and it makes it very hard to edit it to sound like a free-flowing sentence. So if you if you are going to make mistakes, stop, gather yourself, clap, go for it again. Your editor will then be able to sort of see that and sort of pinpoint and make your edits so much easier. Um, one thing that people get hung up on is ums and ahs and hesitations within their podcast. I get people going, I want every um and ah taken out. That's possible. Of course it is. It's not that hard a job. But if you've got an hour or more worth of content and you want every um and ah taken out, you are going to, one, create more work for your editing team. Or yourself if you're editing it yourself. Or yourself. Um, and more importantly, a lot of it's unnecessary because it can absolutely jeopardize the flow of the conversation. It becomes unnatural. You get almost a robotic sort of uh, cadence to to the way you're speaking. Now, don't get me wrong. If if people are talking and they go, um, oh, well, um, okay, yeah, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, oh. Then they go back into the conversation. Of course, cut that out. It's it's pausing. It's it's a long, long sentence where they don't need to be in, in there. But if somebody just goes, oh, yeah, and then um, I went to the shop on X, Y, and Z, that little um in there is not detrimental to the, the context of the conversation. I'd say it actually helps because the nature of podcasting being so intimate and the way this form of media is very different it's consumed passively people it can only listen so i guess when you're only listening and not watching there's a lot more focus on that side of it people say it's a lot more connected than most forms of media um those things are important because you want it to be natural you don't want a podcast to seem unnatural like a highly edited youtube video the whole point of it is it's a natural conversation like thing you want to have a relationship with the host you want to feel connected to them and if everything's very like you said robotic it's less i don't know really the best word for it but it's less intimate i'd say yeah we're gone are the days of the prim and proper bbc news reporter very old-fashioned english posh accent everything's perfect we're gone from the days of that now um back in the day of broadcasting you used to have to be that stern British figure, posh Queen's English 
type accent and that was the only thing that was accepted but now like you say things are more casual and because it is casual people relate to it more um whether it be ums and ahs and hesitations or i know it sounds silly but things like regional accents and things like that 30 years ago if not even sooner you probably wouldn't have seen the amount of regional accents that you see on tv now um and on radio and on podcasts and because of that people again can relate because it's not all this posh queen's english style vocabulary people from all over the country and all over the world can relate to this content and if you take that relatability out of it you're almost sterilizing your own product and you run the risk of people being alienated from your content, essentially. Absolutely. It needs to be personable, doesn't it? It needs to have that relationship element of it. And if you're speaking, I mean, we do it all the time. We'll make little mistakes and joke about it. uh, And you just kind of carry on. And because it has that better feeling to the podcast, it doesn't feel so uptight. And ours is a very much an educational podcast as well, but we've found that this content gets received better where it's much more casual sit down chat than very uptight well spoken which is a good job because my speaking skills aren't always the best (laughs) (laughs) yeah you you want to feel part of community you don't want to be you don't want to feel like you're being lectured so we're here trying to give advice but that's what it is it's advice i'm not telling you what to do i'm just advising you what you could do to maximise the potential. Now, if you don't want to listen to me or listen to you or Kane or Tom or whoever else we have on the podcast, that's fine. We're, we're not going to sort of lose that. Um, it's your choice. For me, a podcast should be the feeling of a community and almost like you're sat in the front room with the people. And that's kind of why you see a lot of these uh, podcasts now. You see them on YouTube and things like that. They're sat in a comfortable environment. They're not sat in a studio, a lot of them. They're sat on sofas or in front of a swimming pool or something like that because they want to like convey that relaxed energy a lot to of the podcasts audience. like that, especially discussion based ones where they're all sat around a table or something like that. And I think that those that gives off the vibe, if you like, that podcast should, which is that relaxed, um, connected kind of vibe. Um and no, I like that. I'm going to play, what's it, devil's advocate. If you're to say, okay, you don't need any to take the ums and ahs out, what's to stop someone saying, right, well, I'm just going to record my podcast as it, and upload it as it is. Why, why should you do some sort of editing? And what's the big differences between a podcast that someone sent to you and someone, if they were to just upload it straight away? Because you've, you've got two key elements to a production agency. First of all, it's not just about the raw audio. It's the way that audio is processed. It's the EQ, it's the compression, it's any sort of effects that may be needed on there. So that's mixing and mastering. Yes. When someone says that as a broad term, people, I guess, overlook it. And I think this is why video editing is very different to audio editing as well, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so there's a very big focus on this with audio editing that people don't really realise until they try and listen in their car and it sounds off and then listen on uh, speaker and it sounds off. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you mixing and mastering is a skill that people take massively for granted. They hear something and just think, oh yeah, that's how it was recorded. Yeah. No, it, it doesn't work like that. Not a single one of the podcasts that I've ever edited or ever released has gone out with no form of 
process in, in the terms of mixing and mastering in there. Um, also, you've got to take into account things like your your assets, as we call them, your music, your intro, your outro, if you've got adverts and things in there as well. Now, could you just chuck an advert in the middle of your podcast? Yeah, but would it sound better if we made it flow seamlessly from your content into your advert, then back into your content? Yeah, and that's the type of things that people take for granted um same with intros isn't it is you've got to think and this is artwork as well when you first see a podcast the artwork that's got to look good because otherwise people will be like oh it's not very high production then when you first start listening the first thing you hear is usually either a little bit of content that's been clipped or the intro and if that doesn't sound high quality and it doesn't flow nicely into the content then within 10, 15 seconds of someone clicking on your podcast, they're already thinking, oh, I don't know. Yeah, ex- exactly. And that goes back to that quality thing that we've spoken about before. Of You hear the quality, and if it's not up there, you're gone. So if you've got, if you're running the risk of just recording on whatever device you've got and uploading that raw file, you compromise on quality straight away. So you've lost most of your audience straight away. So edit it. Whether that's yourself, whether it's an agency, whether it's a freelancer, it doesn't matter. But you need somebody on your team, on your side, that's going to maximise the potential of that audio quality that you've recorded. So you can have a good raw recording, but every file can always be made better. And you also need to take into account things that the general public don't really have much knowledge of because it's not common knowledge out there but certain things like loudness levels and things like that there's an industry standard so your podcast should be all mastered to that level because otherwise if you're listening to a podcast that is and it's at one level in your headphones you listen to it on spotify whatever and then you get somebody else's podcast that isn't mastered to that level it's either going to blow your ears out or you're not going to be able to hear it because there's certain like levels that your podcast needs to be at to be that industry standard. Because otherwise, again, it's going to make your production quality sound inferior to the competitors. You could have the greatest recording in the world, but if you've not produced it right through that mixing and mastering process, you've you've wasted your time, essentially. Absolutely. It's massively important to get it right before you record, but then there are elements that you can't physically do before, which is your mixing and mastering, which is why you still need to do that because, like we've said a hundred times, if your quality of recording doesn't sound good, or sorry, your content doesn't sound good audibly, then people assume the actual content, what you're talking about, is rubbish. And it doesn't matter how good the content is, if it doesn't sound good, then people will turn off. And you said yourself this morning, you turned off a podcast you usually always listen to because one of them was from Zoom. Um, now, we can, you do see a lot of successful podcasts that record through Zoom, um, etc. Obviously, there's a massive benefit to doing it in person. But is there any tips specifically for Zoom, anything like that, or is it not much different? So when you're recording remotely through internet connections and things like that, um, some things are unavoidable. But basics, if you're interviewing a guest and you yourself, wear headphones 
first and foremost wear headphones you'd have seen it through covid even when people were being interviewed on like bbc news or itv news or whatever it is their guests were all remote through their laptops but they all had headphones on that's because if you don't if the sound's playing through your speakers it's going to come out of your speakers and then back through the same microphone that you're using to record yourself you end up creating a feedback loop and you'll either get whistles and and horrible noise or at the very least you'll get a delay and you'll get an echo so wear headphones where possible make sure your internet connection is good if you have the ability to not be on wi-fi and plug in your computer via ethernet do that because you'll always get a faster connection plugged in um, rather than wirelessly um, also look into other services such as Riverside and things like that because what the benefit of Riverside is Riverside will record locally each side of the conversation so you'll get better quality because like Zoom what would happen is say if I was interviewing you Ash and I was recording it you would be sending your video and your audio through the internet into my computer then I would be recording it. It could be a second or two behind. Exactly. And the amount of times that then you both go to speak and then you both stop and you're like, I have it with meetings all the time. We obviously work with people worldwide. And sometimes it takes about 10 seconds before you figure out which one, who's going to talk. Yeah. <laughs> because you keep going to talk at the same time then stopping. And you have to talk. Exactly. And because you've got that, you've got delay issues, you've got sound quality issues because when it's being sent over the internet, everything's being compressed. And same with the video as well. Your video quality can suffer because it's being compressed to be sent through Zoom. Whereas if you use something like Riverside, what happens is I have my side of the conversation, you have yours, and it records on both of our devices separately. Yours records on your computer, mine records on my computer. Then what it does is it uploads both of them in high quality to the cloud, and then you can download them from the cloud. So you will get better quality there straight away. Um, now, obviously, Riverside isn't as easy as uh, easily accessible for a lot of people as something like Zoom is, where like because you get your free accounts on Zoom and things like that. Um, I'm not 100% sure on Riverside's plans at the moment in terms of pricing and things like that. Um, but if you're serious about uh, podcasting and you doing it remotely, then services like that are worth their weight in gold in a way um, because you, you're going to get higher quality overall. Now, don't get me wrong, if your guests can video themselves and record themselves independently and then send you the files that's that's like the the, the yeah it's the, it's the it's the golden nugget do you know what i mean but 99% of times people can't do that but yeah make sure you're wearing headphones um try and avoid as well using the inbuilt microphones on laptops again i appreciate that not everybody's guests are always set up for a podcast um, which is fine and it's understandable, but try not to use the built-in microphones on laptops. Even as a sort of midway point, if people have got like AirPods or or headphones with the microphones on the uh, cable, that's going to be far better than your built-in laptop microphones. Um, so avoid avoid them. And like I say, just try and ensure you've got a decent internet connection um, through whatever service you're using really. Great. So to summarise, obviously we went through a bit of the actual recording process as well, but that plus the post-production. Mixing and mastering is vital. Don't need to take out all the M's and R's if you're recording 
um, not in the same place, then look to use Riverside or be wary of the internet connection, be connected to Ethernet, make it as smooth as possible. Um, what other points were there? There was a couple. Yeah, headphones, microphones and things for your guests. Yes. Um, just be wary of your environment, essentially. Um, that goes for both pre and post production. Um, but yeah, when you when you when you're talking to your guests, make sure they're wary of their environment as well. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's great. Thank you very much, Dan. And as I'm sure many of you guys know, we do. We are a podcast agency. We work with people on the post production elements as well as a lot more. And in fact, Dan edits a lot of the episodes for the clients we work with. And those of you that listen to this podcast. I've probably met Dan before and spoke to him. So for you guys, Dan's not so new, but for those that don't, we don't work with, he is new. Um, but if you would be interested in working with Dan and the rest of the team in actually getting some production help with your podcast, feel free to reach out and we're always happy to have a discussion. But thank you very much for listening to this episode and catch you next time.